From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, and today I am joined in studio by Renee Bird-Lewis. Good afternoon, Renee. Hello, Amanda. Thank you for joining us today. So glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Of course. Um, just to tell our listeners a little bit about you, those who might not know you through the marketplace or through your hard work within the community, Renee serves as the president and CEO of the Gwinnett Coalition, which is an organization dedicated to leading systems change to address Gwinnett County's most complex social issues. And I will let Renee unpack that a little bit for us briefly before we get going. Um, Renee, tell us a little bit about the coalition, your involvement, and um, some of the things that you guys do within the community. So the Gwinnett Coalition is actually a very well-known uh, nonprofit in the community. It's been around for 30 years. And um, I had the privilege of actually serving on the board for many years uh, prior to uh, becoming a staff member. But uh, the coalition is in a bit of a... Um, a refresh, if you will. So for, for many years, it was the convening and the planning agency for Gwinnett County and in partnership in large part with Gwinnett Medical Center before Northside purchased that and then also the Gwinnett County um, Health Department. So working to understand the needs in the community from a human service perspective, doing five-year planning cycles, and then trying to bring nonprofits and public agencies around those um, issues to drive, to drive change or to, to provide um, improvement. Um, but what, what we've found is that, of course, in 30 years, this entire community has changed tremendously. Uh, we've grown significantly, we're very diverse, and um, what we also know is that these uh, complex issues are not sort of one in a silo. It's not just hunger. It's not just homelessness. It's not just access to health care. If you have an individual, a resident in the community that has needs, it's typical that they may have multiple needs. So how do we talk about these issues in an inter interdependent um, manner and then also bring the resources to be more aligned and more strategic so that we can really lead the system's change and not... Um, just provide the meal for the night, right? Or the safe space to sleep for the night. Really, how do we move the needle and, and change the dynamic around some of these deeply rooted issues? So I'm relatively new on the job. This is an area that I'm still learning myself and um, trying to sort of rebuild an organization for a next generation type of work. Um, and it's very exciting. Well, congratulations. I know you guys have a large footprint here in the Gwinnett um, community. Just out of curiosity, it is, you know, it's called the Gwinnett Coalition, but do you guys serve surrounding um, areas or is it just focused on Gwinnett? Yeah, our focus is squarely in Gwinnett County and okay. on Gwinnett County residents. Now, the model that we're building could easily be um, lifted and it could be, let's say, um, Hall County Coalition, right, you know, or Jackson Coalition. So the model that we're building around collective impact and, and this strategic alignment with leadership and funding and that kind of thing could easily be transplanted to another community. That makes sense. You're kind of building um, 
the template per se Mm -hmm. and then you could find other people like you maybe to put in place in other areas so that they can lead the charge also or maybe you could have a regional role that's (gasps) right exactly because again people don't stop at the borders necessarily right and issues don't stop at the borders either and so we know that you know a strong region um, is also good for the individual counties and so we're in it together right really quickly just because you served um, on the coalition before you took your seat as the president and CEO maybe give us an example of a success story or some of the things that you have accomplished uh, thus far within the coalition so prior do you want the successes prior to me coming on board? Oh, yeah or, or any type of because I remember well, you said you served so I'm sure you had a I hand did. in lots I, well so there was a break between like when I served um, probably more than a decade ago and then to where I'm actually involved okay. now for a number of reasons but I will say um, I'll, let me just tell it right off the bat of course great days of service Gwinnett great days of service is uh, a program that's been part of the coalition for 22 years um, and very successful. And when this program started, actually by another powerhouse woman, Paige Havens, says we didn't really have a volunteering sort of um, entity in the county. Over time, of course, now we have Volunteer Gwinnett that's mm-hmm. housed within Gwinnett County government. So when I came on board the coalition, the board tasked me with, look at the programs that you currently have. Uh, what is the value that they bring? Is it aligned with the future mission of the coalition and the work that will strengthen them? If not, maybe there's a possibility of another location, mm-hmm. a new home, yeah. where there's more synergy and we don't duplicate efforts. So great days of service. We just finished in October, and uh, we are working actively in partnership with Gwinnett County to transfer that program to Volunteer Gwinnett. Very nice. Yeah. And another example also uh, is um, the Great Little Minds Book Exchange mm-hmm. that started about gosh, it was probably two years ago. Again, these are programs that preceded me. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are little kiosks that you might find throughout Gwinnett County yes. for in communities where kids may not have access to books. Like the little house, like type peekaboo. Yeah, yeah those yeah. are and nice. I've seen there's them. There's an art piece, you know, to that. Local yeah. artists have decorated them and then they're positioned in the community. And it was sort of a take one, leave one sort mm-hmm. of concept. And I think what we've we found over time, a short amount of time, was that really kids don't have the ability to leave a book, right? right? They're just coming and they're getting books. Which so it's become yeah. absolutely it's all about the reading and the literacy and trying to prepare residents these little our youngest right for right. for school to be successful mm-hmm. uh, but that too um is not necessarily in the wheelhouse of where we're going so um you might be aware of building babies brains yes yep and then also b squared anywhere which is within gwinnett county government now and so b squared anywhere supports building babies brains and they're taking early learning information and activities out into the community through Gwinnett County Parks and Rec mm-hmm. and other types of programs within Gwinnett County. So we're tr- we've already transitioned. We did that earlier this year. Great little minds to be squared anywhere. Yeah, because it's out in the community and it's teaching. So those are the types of things. We're just evolving and trying to streamline efforts, not duplicate efforts, right. um, so that the community can be strengthened overall. Those are fantastic examples, and thank you for mentioning those, um, especially the Building Babies Brains. I'm great friends with Asif, and he does wonderful work, and I'm I'm glad to hear about the B-squared. And just on a personal note, I have seen those, um, what did you call them, that hold the books? I call them a a kiosk. I'm not sure, yeah. Um, My little nephew, he's seven years old, and he saw one of those within the community, but this is actually in Flowery Branch, and he ran right up to it because it was so attractive to him, and he opened it right up, and there were children's books in there, and he pulled some out, and he was looking at them, and the sheer look of happiness and enjoyment on his face, just seeing that, you know, available in the public. 
um, was exciting. So I can imagine that lots of children feel that way when they find them. Yeah, and I think it might be called a book exchange that mm-hmm. just came to me. But I mean, also in Gwinnett County, I mean, literacy for our young ones, especially in many homes where English is not the first language, we need those those other um, other language books, right? Yes. Because if parents aren't really fluent in English, they, but they can read in their own native language, and the kids can also learn the native language, and goodness, you know, right. being bilingual is really helpful. Um, and so it's just that, get get the books, read the books, read to children, talk to children, develop the vocabulary. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on your efforts, and I know you're going to spearhead a lot of exciting things, and I really like what you said about not duplicating efforts. That's maximizing everybody's time and all the things that you guys are doing, and it's not circling back around uh, resaturating something that's already a success. Exactly. We, I mean, there's no need to waste resources, right? Let's just work together harder, not not harder, but smarter. Smarter. And just out of curiosity, because I know that this is nonprofit work that you do, um, do you guys rely on donations and um, sponsorships? Where does the funding come from? Yeah, Are you funded so, by the state at all? Yeah, we, we receive grants. So both national and state and local grants. And uh, yes, we are a nonprofit. Um, and part of our strategy going forward is really to strengthen the public-private part of this um, of this initiative. So much like Partnership Gwinnett, this is sort of how I talk about it, which is a public-private partnership, and the whole community is engaged, and there's a team that wakes up every day thinking about economic development, um, and there's limited strategies on how they're going about doing that work. Same will be true for the Gwinnett Coalition in the community development space. So we, our team is, is evolving to have um, capabilities to lead um, more um, strategic efforts throughout the community. We'll have a limited number of strategies that we are going to identify um, and talk more about that in a little bit maybe. And then we will you know, work on a three to five year sort of cycle mm-hmm. and measure uh, our progress and right. report it out and then see where we go from there. Wow. Well, really quickly, because we've spent some time on it, sure. tell our listeners how they can find out more, maybe online, or how they can participate or give if mm. uh, it's in their hearts. Yeah, so you can go to GwinnettCoalition.org, and you can um, click on the tab that, a few days ago it said invest. I think we're actually maybe going to change that to engage. But we're looking for contributions. It can be from companies, um, from individuals, from uh, local business. We're just going to be building out that portfolio and we'll still be doing grants, but we want to ratchet up our capability to be able to fund some of these initiatives and, and um, lead these very um, important um, conversations around complex issues. I got to read this just because I have your okay. bio in my hand. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says, um, it says, Miss Bird Lewis <laughs> is adept in transcending industry and functional boundaries and leveraging an extensive network to achieve desired outcomes. Wow, that is a powerful statement. Um, I would like to learn personally how you're able to, well, transcending, goodness, cheers to you, you're transcending them. How you're able to leverage your partnerships within the community, and this doesn't have to necessarily be about um, the coalition, just in general, uh, how you're able to leverage your partnerships with people in the community in order to achieve your desired outcome. Sure. So uh, part of this comes from, I did not have a linear path to where I am today. Mm -hmm. It was very... um, somewhat opportunistic, I would say. Um, but I, my first sort of uh, corporate or, or employee role in Gwinnett County was with Scientific Atlanta. And that started in 2003 after some engagement in other community activities. But um, so I had the opportunity both at Scientific Atlanta and then subsequently at Cisco, was with Cisco for six years, engaging in um, corporate social responsibility, deploying our executives, 
um, our employees, um, managing the the foundation, the corporate foundation. So we were investing back into the community. So I was able to build a lot of relationships with the nonprofit community because we had to vet and understand were they, uh, you know, were they high quality? Were they effective at what they did? And if right. yes, then we would consider investing in them if it matched also uh, the corporate focus. And then I had. Um, six years at Georgia Gwinnett College, and so I was on you know, the higher ed side and in communications and marketing and fundraising there. Um, and so in, in that time period, I was able to build a lot of relationships across Gwinnett County. And of course, that, the intersection is the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce um, and all leaders in the community, really. So between education and the private business sector and then the nonprofits, that's kind of how I feel like I've made a lot of my relationships. So in this new role, mm -hmm. I can hopefully pull everyone to get together and to yeah. the table and um, create the return on investment that will make them want to be engaged in the coalition. It sounds like you have a large sphere of influence and you're well-connected. Well, I, I, I love Gwinnett County. That's yes. the bottom line. And, and there are a lot of people here who share the same um, passion. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and there's a vision for this community to thrive, you know, beyond many of its challenges, and every community has its challenges, of course, um, but we're, we're in a different place here. I think there's a lot of people that care and are willing to roll up their sleeves and do the hard work. Yeah. And like organizations like yours that are out there trying to make a better change for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'd like to rewind for everybody listening out there um, so we can kind of get a little bit of leading up to your service here in Gwinnett. You're born in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about um, your transition or growing up in North Carolina and then your transition from there uh, leading up to Georgia. My mom and dad were both native Carolinians and they met when my dad was undergrad at East Carolina University. And um, he then went on, he was a very smart man, and he was uh, went on to uh, Chapel Hill, to um, East, to um, University, what's that, UNC, Chapel Hill, and got his doctorate there. And then he was recruited to go to Harvard University to do his postdoctoral training. So I went from North Carolina as a young child to Boston for about um, six, seven years, and then came to the Atlanta area because he was recruited back to Emory University to lead a new division um, within the university. So, um, you know, I, for the most part, my formative years really have been in Georgia and um, DeKalb County. I'm a Clarkston High School graduate mm -hmm. and um, ended up sort of doing some um, interesting travel early on in my career, early on in my Life, life, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I really, I had this uh, stint with an organization called Up With People, and as a performing arts international kind of educational cultural organization, I'd seen them, you know, when I was uh, a wee thing in, in early high school and fell in love with them at the World's Fair in Montreal, Canada, and just wanted to go and travel for the year with them. So that was part of my history. And then I also worked for them for four years at some point traveling um, all year with. So you lived cast. in Canada with them? I, well, over my so it was touring right uh -huh. so we actually would live in host families okay and um we would then do performing arts shows in the community and it was all around because it was an international cast so mm -hmm. it was really around bringing people of different cultures together and building bridges of understanding um and focused on the similarities of our of our um, existence versus our differences and um but all in all of my four tours with up with people working in as a student I actually had spent a year of my life in Canada which, which is a great place yeah yeah so you didn't bring back the a Canada a oh no <laughs> no no 
But I'm I'm very curious. Okay, so you said this was performing arts. Yeah. So what did you do specifically? Were you? Um, I happen to sing. Yeah, my my passion sing. is singing. Yeah, yeah. So I was a chorus girl in high yeah. school and all that kind of stuff. Are you and alto. Uh, yeah. You are mm-hmm. one or first, two. First, first, first. But I can also do second soprano. I'm but, sure. Yeah, love harmonies. All do you still stuff. sing at all today? I don't. Only in the, shower, in the shower, in the car, I knew you were in say the that. car. You know, I sing for my children all the time. They're like, "Mom, that's enough." Oh, yeah. So. Well, I love it. I'd love to hear you sometime. Oh, well, sometime. Uh-huh. But not today. Not today. Do you do, um, what do you do for physical activity? Um, I like to hike. Um, and um, But I, I will tell you, I'm not in the gym. Uh, though the, this woman needs to get in the gym. That is for sure. And I need a buddy. So <laughs> Well, you can join me at Orange Theory Fitness anytime. Oh, that's right. You and Nick. Uh, yes. <laughs> and we work out together at 615 right here in Duluth. Yes. I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked you that is because just the other day, they did like a 90s throwback. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on the treadmill. And me and the three ladies were literally singing every song. So we came up with a idea for cardio karaoke. Oh. And you should come and do it with oh us. Oh, my gosh. That would be so fun. <laughs> well, but you'll sound is, fantastic and we'll yeah. sound like dying yeah, animals. No, no, that's fun. <laughs> just just a little side thing. So. I, didn't I mean, if, if I had, you know, I would have loved to have been a, like, I don't know, somebody who was famous at one point, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard place to go. So, and it really wasn't and now in the cards. You, you don't really have the time for anything like well, that now. Of so. course not. And now <laughs> that's passed. That's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. Uh, I didn't mean to take us off track with that little insertion there. Um, so going back to, you were touring up, mm-hmm. up, and, and what, happened after that so um well so my husband my husband and I went to high school together mm-hmm. and um here in Clarkson, Clarkson Clarkson High School uh-huh. he's four years older than me but we um had a we were I was in chorus he was a tech guy always did sort of the you know the production side of the house the lights mm-hmm. the, the stage work and all that and so um he, when I graduated from we dated all through oh, I was in college and he uh, asked me to marry him just the like the you know I was gonna leave and travel for a year and end up with people and I was like my mom's like she'll never do it because that's like she doesn't want to be committed and I was like I'll do it it'll be awesome and this will be a real test right do I really want to marry him or not if I'm exposed in all these other countries with all these other people so we were engaged that year. We, d- we did get married in 88, and we've been together, I don't know, do the math, 33 years. But um, we, when we got married, then his family business ended up um, moving out to Gwinnett, and that's what took us from DeKalb to Gwinnett. Was, mm-hmm. And what is his family business? The family business was Lightning Rentals. Um, way back in the day and it was tr- it was truck rentals it was uh, equipment rentals it was also production movie production rentals so they've wow. been in that for a very long time and now of course it's uh, gangbusters in Georgia but I remember back you know in the 80s and they had equipment on Little Darlings and Smokey and the Bandit Ooh. yeah so I mean but it's um, you know it's the backside of, of uh, film it's not glamour is he still in that business or did he sell it the or? brothers yeah the brothers uh, the mom and dad sort of divested and the brothers um, ran it for a while and then they've sort of um, each of them has their own thing now yeah he's um, the reason I asked is because like you said that industry is booming mm-hmm. more than ever now mm-hmm. and I think I shared with you before the show I hail from the south side of Atlanta mm-hmm. in Peachtree City and uh, just next door in Fayette County is where the Pinewood Studios yep. are and they are booming down there and I yep. could just imagine when you said that that mm-hmm. they would probably utilize services like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. so if you see any lightning trucks or white and red uh, that's my, uh, that's my, my brother-in-law yep very cool mm-hmm. and his family so you guys, um, you married and you guys were here in Gwinnett and then you started a family. What were you doing at the time career-wise here? Um, I was, uh, was not. I um, actually was involved in planning and zoning and sort of community activism up in North Gwinnett because where we, we built up 
near the Mall of Georgia before the Mall of Georgia existed. And mm-hmm. so it was largely rolling hillside, pet cow pasture, <laughs> horses on occasion. Um, and so a lot of deer. And uh, we just ended up, as that started to grow, then I engaged in um, community efforts to try to shape the development in our area so that we could um, continue to have high quality of life and building of homes that were commensurate with, you know, kind of the style and the architecture of those that had been there for quite a while. So, yeah, that was my entree into Gwinnett County really was through being a red shirt in some ways around planning and zoning. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, just because you shared the story and I thought it was cool and it's related to what you just said, um, I guess through that process, you said that you had the opportunity to like hands on craft, create and build your dream home. We did. So it was 26 years ago. And so Tim's parents bought a 40 acre uh, spread of land. It's actually up very close to, um, 324 and the I-85 exit, so that new interchange. But we, um, they built a house, and Tim's brother had a house, and we built a house. And so we just sort of went at it, rolled up our sleeves, and served as a general contractors. And I worked closely with Tim's dad on um, developing the plans and then working with the, the trades and subcontractors and, yeah, monitoring. So it was, a, it was like a year of building a house, uh, boots every day, hard hat. Um, doing a lot of hands-on stuff Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah so I always say everything that's great with our house I'll take credit for and everything that's not great for our house I also take credit for um, and we'll just learn uh, as we go but yeah 26 years it's been a long time we're ready to think about downsizing I think well hey a good time Mm. the market's hot you know except for I have nowhere to go so it might be a little bit well I can imagine your uh, involvement with planning and zoning originally helped Mm -hmm. you throughout that process Mm -hmm. very cool I tip my hat to you Mm -hmm. So from there, obviously, you started a family yep. somewhere along the way, and you have two sons, I have correct? two sons, yep. How old? One's 23, and the other is turning 22 in January. Oh, exciting. So, yeah, they're my adulting young men, I call them. And so are they in school? Or they what are they doing? are uh, both working, and uh, I have one. My youngest is very hands-on and is in sort of the mechanical kind of, he's a welder and does a lot of hands-on work for uh, a business in flowery branch actually Ooh. probably near you yeah called Eccles and then my other son works at Starbucks nice yeah I love Starbucks yeah hey, the, the coffee. great benefits yeah I mean exactly. just outside the coffee because yep. it's employee owned isn't it you know I don't know the answer to that no. I just okay. know that the I might be wrong because I think there are Starbucks stocks out there but but he Publix. does have a lot of, yeah and he's he's looking to re-engage in school he That's just exciting. took a break for a little bit COVID kind of threw a lot of kids for a loop oh yeah yeah hey you know what the Starbucks baristas speak their own language people go in there and they order things like it's not even english you know half calf double pump blah yeah, blah yeah. you know and they get it and they just make it he loves it and he's like i think they put him at the drive through a lot and he mm-hmm. just it has regulars that come through and they have at it and there's just i think it's a, it's a good cultural place to be and he gets to make puppuccinos that's well yeah my dog and loves puppuccinos <laughs> It's just it's just whipped cream. I would yeah. never give my dog coffee. They just squirt in a little baby cup, and she's like, ah, oh, she devours and it. And then the face is all messy, and you got to yes. wipe it off. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? Um, my parents live in Virginia, and I was at a Starbucks not too mm-hmm. long ago, and they had in their entire window, they had literal Polaroids that they would take of the dogs that came through for puppuccinos, and it was just like that. It was like the whipped cream all over their face. Yeah. And it was so cute when you, when you drove by. It was like their wall of pups and the puppuccinos. My dog um, has a, she's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel mixed with Poodle, but she's got like what they say a beard. So her face is like all fur. And, you know, you just, every time I have to give her something messy, I'm going to wipe it off. Chin, like yeah. a little dog wipe. Oh, like a little mouth. Yeah. <laughs> a little dog wipe. Well, I'm glad that I was going to ask you if you had any animals. So what kind of dog is it? So she's, um, she's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't, yeah, I didn't okay. hear that before. And mixed with Poodle. 
Oh, so is she like large or she's no, small? she's small. She's uh, fourteen pounds, oh. and but beautiful silky hair that's wavy. So uh-huh. she's got the poodle wave, but the silky uh, cavalier nice. and the tail that's really pretty. And what's her name? And her name is Pepper. Oh. And my son picked her out of the. She was the runt of the litter, and she's been the best dog ever. The only one I've ever had, and she's but she's really my dog. Oh. I come home, she's like right at my feet, and she's yeah. happy, and so. Like, as most dogs are, right? I just didn't really understand that. They're the best companions. Indeed. Um, mine's 16 years old, and, and she is still vivacious. She's a dachshund mix. Okay. Um, we've had to kind of change her lifestyle a little bit because her back legs are failing her. But I told her I'd carry her up the stairs as long as I'm physically able. Mm-hmm. And she's still sound and, and perky, so we're yeah. going to keep on kicking as long as she can. They're good for your soul. They are. I agree. Hey, Renee, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we will be back here in just a minute. Let's do it. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision, machined, iron, and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB Incorporated is proud to be a returning partner of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women Series. With strong roots in the past and firm footing in the future, Capital City Home Loans combines an old-fashioned sense of community with a progressive attitude. They are a trusted full-service lender, offering mortgage finance products and empowering their associates to help clients choose the best options. They are focused on being the best and strongest lender in the Southeast. Visit cchl.com locations to see all of their offices, including Gwinnett. All right, and welcome back, everybody. Um, celebrating Powerhouse Women today, and my guest is Renee Bird Lewis. Um, we were at a beautiful party last night together, um, hosted by the Chamber of Commerce, the Gwinnett mm-hmm. Chamber of Commerce, the Chairman's Club, mm-hmm. the annual um, holiday event at the River Club, and it was a beautiful affair. I think we were among many of our uh, esteemed colleagues and community members, and um, there I also saw Lisa Zakin, and that kind of made me want to transition here into what you do as far as your role on boards here in Gwinnett, and then specifically um, you chair the Leadership Gwinnett Foundation. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Happy to, and there were so many people there. I didn't even see Lisa last night. And I didn't even see you. (laughs) That's right. Um, It was a good party, and um, you know, Leadership Gwinnett is something that is super near and dear to my heart. I've served on a lot of boards, but it's it's the one that is by far, I think, my favorite. Um, I went through in 1999, actually, I think, because as I was engaged in the planning and the zoning, right, way uh-huh. back then, I think um, folks were like, okay, we need to get her engaged and, like, help her understand, like, how this all works. So um, I've been involved ever since, and uh, for many years, of course, the – Leadership Gwinnett was part of the chamber as a program. And then um, a few years ago, we we realized we needed to grow that organization to serve a community of a million people. And uh, with that, you needed to raise money, right? And you need to have your own sort of um, organization in order to do that. So I worked with um, T. Michael Tennant, who is a longtime um, good friend and mentor and uh, one of the charter trustees of Leadership Gwinnett, who's a founding member and then the chair for quite a while. Anyway, so he and Tammy Shoemate mm-hmm. and I and Mike Levingood worked to um, put together the foundation and, and we've set all that up and moved it out. But I've been involved and this opportunity to be chair is just a, really a culmination uh, for many years of really loving what it does in this community. I think it is absolutely 
when we think about how well Gwinnett works and how we come together around problems and we can um, we can solve and we can lead almost in unison, I, I think is in large part due to leadership Gwinnett. And, you know, there's we, we say that leadership is the glue that holds this community together. And I think that's so true because when you need to pick up the phone and call someone about an issue, you have that network of leadership Gwinnett. And um, people are there to help each other and to, to make things better. So I know um, maybe you can help me understand it a little bit more. I know that the classes, mm. is that what you call it, mm-hmm. um, are very close. And I see like reunions. I saw um, Shelly was at like a, a little get together the other day and they're like, the class of 2004 is the best or something like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously you develop a robust network within the group because you guys are graduating together and you spend a lot of time together. But you mentioned resources and being able to pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm. So does that extend to the other classes per se? So you were class of 99 so is there like a large network or database or are you able to reach and connect with other graduates um, outside of just knowing who might have participated in the program yeah so absolutely so each class like you say is a bit like a cohort right mm-hmm. so they're there for an entire year there's seven le- all-day learning days there's there are two retreats that occur that are off-site overnight retreats and that's when a lot of the bonding occurs of course as you can imagine um, so you have your own class that you're very close to you have your study groups which are even smaller than that so there's like six or seven study groups in each class and then you have the larger leadership network which I think they've now called the network um, so you have access if you're a member of the alumni organization called the network then you have access to the database to business numbers to people's um, yeah, to, to reach out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so Very you have nice. that database. And Glance Gwinnett also is a, a two-and-a-half-day program, so it's a little bit less of a time investment, mm-hmm. less of a monetary investment, but in two-and-a-half days, it's amazing how that group of, I think there were 47 in the last class that just finished in November, um, but they come out saying they're the best, mm-hmm. you know, Glance class of mm-hmm. whatever, and uh, it's friendly competition, and, yeah. and they're, they just make bonds, and then they're part of that broader network too. I like the camaraderie that I see mm-hmm. in all of this. Um, you know, they kind of stick together. And that's really wonderful, forming that foundational network uh, with your community mates and members. Well, and I think at the end of the day, you, you realize and you learn through Leadership Gwinnett that no matter how strong your business community is, if your education environment is not strong or if your government entities are not strong, right? I mean, it all has to work together if you don't have adequate health care the community suffers. So yeah. it's all of these various parts of the sector that have to come together and work together and all be strong. Mm-hmm. Well, outside of your service on that board, um, tell us a little bit about other other efforts that you're involved in. So the um, Gwinnett Medical Center Hospital Foundation is also, I, mean, I shouldn't, I should not have picked favorites. Um, I served on the Gwinnett Medical Center board for 10 years up until the, the merger with Northside. And I mean, that foundation has done some amazing things and really, I think has also pulled the community together in many, many ways. Um, and certainly the health of a community is paramount to a thriving community. Um, and I think that um, going forward, they're in going through some transition too, because Northside has its own foundation and then GMC Foundation we're not sure but um, the people that have raised um, you know and contributed financially to the foundation which ultimately goes to the hospital maybe to capital um, improvements previously right and then to services Mm -hmm. like for the NICU unit and various things um, that's so important and so I'm hoping that they'll have a a strong and 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 healthy life too but it's um, I I still love that's my connection back to the hospital Mm -hmm. at this point is the foundation 
and um, do I have it? Am I serving on anybody else now? <laughs> I've really whittled it down. <laughs> serve the board chair of leadership Gwinnett Foundation. Remember Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce? Did you serve oh, yeah. on the board there yeah, the too? Board. Yeah, yeah. So the board of directors. I've really narrowed it down because in this new role at the coalition, I have I've so got to be focused. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I really, you know, you have to. You don't know what you don't know, so you really sort of need to immerse yourself fully. And so when I was able to take a step back, um, I was like, I probably should just focus here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I. There's no need to be sitting at a table if you don't have anything or you don't have the time to contribute, right? But there are many, many, many organizations that I've served on before, and they're just all amazing in this community. And people should get involved. They should look for ways to find that match, right, of of a passion and then um, invest. And not only financially, but really sometimes it's more important the time and and your thought leadership, right? Bringing that to the table to help an organization that you care about. I will say I'm very passionate about the Gwinnett Young Professionals. They were foundational here when I moved to Gwinnett, kind of helping me find my footing in the marketplace. And this was about six years ago. And it's so funny because we were just talking about building babies' brains. Mm-hmm. And Asif was on the, you know, exiting age, which I was just kicked off for, to be in the um, emeritus world because Uh-oh. 35 is the cutoff. But nonetheless, I was able to form friendships and relationships with about a handful of people. To this day, mm-hmm. we continue to serve each other um, within the community and with business and referrals and it's amazing Um, but but going back to my enthusiasm this is the first year I've had the pleasure of serving on the board for the young professionals and I'll tell you serving is exactly that it is a donation of your time talents and treasures to quote my dear friend Randy Brunson Um, but you never really know because I was a novice to serving on boards how much of of your time you devote yes. to that. So I always um, admire people who serve on multiple boards because I'm like, it's, it takes so much of your time. Yeah. But I agree to align yourself with an organization or a, a board that you can serve on that you're passionate about, enthusiastic about, and able to offer some good, solid um, movement, I mm-hmm. guess, for mm-hmm. lack of better yeah. words. And, and Young Professionals is a great, great addition to our community for sure and they're thriving yeah i'll tell you what there are a lot of smart individuals on there i have already recognized probably a dozen people who are going you give them 10 years okay they're going to be doing some great things because they're doing such wonderful things now i can only imagine when they're my age because they're younger they're like 25 wow okay they're going to be just bringing the heat so great Um, you mentioned earlier about mentors and mentorship Mm. i wanted to ask you who was kind of pivotal pivotal that's what I'm looking for and helping you uh, along the way who was a mentor to you throughout um, your growth and throughout your career maybe I, I have a feeling you're gonna say Paige was maybe a mentor well, Paige is she is at a fun yeah she she definitely could be a mentor she's a definitely a very good friend and she is a good strategist and before I took uh, the role at the coalition I actually consulted with her I consulted with Nick too mm-hmm. as well um, but you know just trying to bounce a few things off right of her so she's a great thinker she knows the community like the back of her hand and she sees she transcends as well right mm-hmm. so she she could see a lot of things um, I would say you know when I was in corporate America at Scientific Atlanta and Cisco I really appreciated Barbara King and she was a legacy leader at Primerica and so watching her you know kind of operate from a community engagement kind of political perspective Judy Waters was you know, a woman before her time. Uh, she was a former county commissioner and she um, served at a time where it was still very, very male dominated. And um, she too had to kind of transcend a lot of boundaries and, and be strong at times where it just wasn't the political thing to do. Um, I would say 
Dan Kaufman is a oh, tremendous him. Yeah, yes, he, he's a wonderful guy. And so for me, it's not just females, right? Course, I mean, he, yeah. he has been someone who he worked on me for a year to leave Cisco and come to work for him at Georgia Gwinnett College. And I was like, Dan, I can't listen. I can't help you. What is it you think I can do? And, you know, he finally listed all these things. And I was like, okay, just the opportunity to work with him and to mm-hmm. see him in action and, and benefit from his experience and leadership was uh, amazing. So he's, he's one that's like right up there. Um, I think um, Mike Tennant, I mentioned earlier from a leadership Gwinnett standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. people that start stuff and build it, it's, yeah. they're amazing. Um, and, you know, my close girls here in the community are Tammy Shoemate and uh, Terry John Dahl and Who there are we others. know and love very well because sponsors, sponsors of, of this, this program. So thank you for that opportunity. But they, they are, you know, amazing leaders who just are successful in their business. They're also successful community leaders and they're successful in their relationships. Like they care about people and they act in a way that's authentic and um, advances um, the good in everyone. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I watch them operate quite a bit. <laughs> and neither of them are flashy, if that no. makes sense. <laughs> they're not um, ostentatious. Mm-hmm. They're not out there like, look at me, look at me. I mean, they're really kind of behind the scenes, mm-hmm. more of a, a reserved Um, participant and you know kind of just talking about Terry really quickly in in relationships her ability to form relationships like within CAB Incorporated they have a worldwide um, they're global yeah global so she has partners in Egypt and Asia and all kinds of different countries can you imagine how difficult it is to maintain all of those different styles of relationship because you have to consider culture mm-hmm. in trying to breed something successful with people in other countries and and she wears she's a woman in a almost completely man's no, world yes, right think absolutely. about that machinery and flanges and metals and commodities I mean, it's like oh my goodness so she's yeah and she's an undercover artist. I said it, Terry. Oh, yeah. I said it. Yeah. She paints beautiful paintings. So I guess that's where she goes to find her peace. I have and one of her paintings in my do house. You? Yeah, she goes. She did it for me. And it was. It's. It's so special. Yeah. Oh my! I would love to see a picture. Yeah. Oh. I, have to, I love seeing her on on Facebook. Because she'll she'll show her studio, and you see the kitties like just sitting there, kind of all around. You know, oh, just yeah. adorned in the room. Um, it's wonderful. What's not to love living with Terry mm-hmm. John Dahl, I'm sure. And, you know, from a, I think my parents, I can't, like, I'd be so remiss if I didn't. I mean, you know, your parents shape who you are. So um, just the hard work ethic, the be truthful, be honest, be good to people, be kind, Morals. do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the basics that if you don't have that, um, when you enter adult stage and start your career, you you know, it's hard to get that. So, mm-hmm. um I, I love them and appreciate all that they've done for me over the years. So kind of the reverse of that, would you say that um, anybody could call you a mentor or is there anybody that you have mentored per se, um, kind of reaching back and, and returning? Yeah, I would say um, I had the opportunity to do that more maybe at the college, right? Because we were building, you know, communications team and it was a bit of a, well, the college has been building for a long time right but I was there during those high growth years and so really able to um, hire new staff and be able to um, not only mentor them but really learn from I mean mentorship is a two-way street it is and so I I would say I'm hoping that I helped to shape and to give you know life to others I know several of them have left the college and now they're in other businesses in Mm -hmm. Gwinnett County or one recently left and went to Gwinnett County government and their communications and ones at um, Pam Ledbetter's business accent creative Mm -hmm. so it's so 
great to see them grow and to move forward in their own careers or new paths um, to be able to develop their their talents and yeah. their expertise um, so I, I hear um, you know they, they credit me with some of that right. but it's really not me you know well, I mean just it's seeing just, their success yeah. is a testament to your investment but time. sometimes it's just reinforcing what they don't necessarily know that they have in them or um, encouraging them to try new things or encouraging professional development or making the connections of how important it is to build relationships not only within your organization but beyond that yes um, and so just being able to give people license to do sometimes things that they may not think are within their realm, but mm -hmm. will absolutely help them in the long run. My dad used to say, you know, if somebody leaves you to go work for another organization um, and, and they're successful, right? And it's something they want to do. And they're saying, um, you know, I have to leave because I've got this opportunity. You, you probably, you know, that's the greatest thing, right? You've, you've helped someone, you've grown, you've supported they've reached their potential where you are maybe there's no more career moves there but then they have this opportunity and you support them Fly. and you move yeah mm -hmm. so and that's again all ends up being good for the community because you're just growing others organizations or businesses and they're good people and they have new opportunities so absolutely yeah, yeah it's all good um going back to how i think terry finds relaxation in painting mm -hmm. with all of the juggling that you do with your home life family and the community and your organization as well what do you do to kind of unplug or kind of reset or quiet your mind mm. um, to kind of maintain some balance so the unplugging comes really I like to listen to podcasts and Yay. books on tape mm -hmm. um, and I don't have a long commute anymore I've worked for a couple of years consulting in Chattanooga and I could listen to a lot of things then, but, um, you know, Brene Brown, um, Pat Lencioni books, um, John Maxwell books. I like Oprah. I love Oprah. Like she I love her podcast? super soul. No, but she has like super soul Sunday and all yeah. that kind of stuff that I just, I like, it's relaxing to continue to learn from other people who've done so well and are just good people and have things that I might benefit from. So I'm friends at my friends up at when we go on vacation or we're, you know, at the lake or whatever, they'll be like, they've all got their fiction novels and stuff. And I've got like some sort of leadership book in my hand or in my ear. You know, They're like, don't you ever? And I'm like, but this is what I enjoy too. Yeah. I think I just like to continue to learn and personally develop. try to think that I can get better. You mm -hmm. know, you're just, you're not, you're not a, you don't reach any, you don't reach you're never done. You're yeah. never done. You you're a human being. Yeah. You're a human being. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just you're evolving. You're learning. You're growing. So, um, yeah, I like I like it. podcasts. Have really mm -hmm. come into their into vogue, and it's just okay. easy to kind of just start it. Even when I'm in the kitchen cooking, yep. I love to cook. I love to I love to eat out too. Um, good glass of wine, mm -hmm. just sitting around with friends. You know, it's just and good weather. Mm -hmm. So fall and spring. Love to be favorites. out, yeah, mm -hmm. sitting outside, glass of wine on the phone. Well, whatever. it's December here in Georgia, and, and it's, it's like 70 degrees. degrees. <laughs> I know. That's I know. the weather for you. Yeah. Um, I would have to agree with you in a sense that I seek um, continuing growth and also personal development from podcasts. I started listening to them probably over a decade ago mm -hmm. when my time to actually read books and text uh, kind of dwindled down with my priorities. But I too, like you, was craving knowledge about specific things. And it's so wonderful that you can just type it into the search bar yeah. and you can just continue to grow and learn from subject matter experts or from people that have had mm -hmm. experiences. And there's just such a wealth of knowledge and information out there so like you said always keep learning and always keep growing my go-to for a lot of that stuff is my good friend Laura Grams who also was a mentor she was at Scientific Atlanta when I first started working there and then she stayed with Cisco and then ultimately went to 
Healthcare Corporation of America, so HCA Healthcare. She's in Nashville. She's a big wig, chief learning officer or something. But anyway, she's she's a leadership sort of expert. Yeah. yeah, and she's she's the other day she said I just we just rolled out this unconscious bias, you know, kind of seminar for 26,000 leaders in the organization and she was asking me about what are we doing in leadership Gwinnett or what are we doing in my organization around equity and those types mm-hmm. of things. I was like, "Laura, I need to go be with you and like kind of get the download on the latest, you know, readings and that right. kind of stuff." And she next day was like, "Here, start doing this, read this and had texted it to me and, and many of them are podcasts. So Ooh, I yeah. love the recommendation. Yeah. Well, we're sitting here and talking about learning more, learning more. I would be remiss if I didn't note um, your education. So Renee graduated from Georgia State University with a dual bachelor's degree in psychology and sociology. Right? That was Emory. Emory? Sorry, Emory. Mm-hmm. Um, but you originally earned your master's at Georgia State. Correct. So you have um, your master's and, and a dual bachelor. I imagine that your um, your time in the learning about psychology is really helpful to you in what you do because psychology really plays a large role in like you said the net network network I don't know what word I was looking for sorry the connectivity with the community and being able to reach people on a certain level in order to help leverage the relationships like we were talking about right it's kind of funny how you know I'm in the work that I'm doing now which really is a lot of psychology and sociology in some ways but I think um my dad always told me, I, you know, I didn't grow up knowing what I was going to do. He says, just whatever classes you enjoy, take them, like explore them and you'll, things will fall into place eventually. And so by the time I like looked to see what my degrees were going to be in, I mean, I loved the sociology and the psychology classes. And so I had, a, I just, you know, it was like two classes to get a dual major, which is why I did. Um, but I would say sociology really I think if I remember from the textbook is understanding how society works like Mm -hmm. those elements and how all that works together so that's culture that's people that's systems it's community and then psychology is the individual right so how does that all come together you know in in my coalition world is we're trying to help individuals right who may not have the same opportunities or the same capabilities or the same access to resources and then how do we make our community strong so that's the sociology part so I, I I really I did love my my coursework. Mm-hmm. I loved school. Um, I could go back. It's not, I would love to get an MBA, you know, maybe or something. Um, but I don't know if that's in the cards too. But it's, there's a lot going on. That takes some I time. Love, I'll yeah, say. I love it. Well, cheers to you and all all of your success and all of the efforts that you do here in the community. I know that it is a sometimes thankless effort and a tiresome job. But, but it's not. It's really not though. I mean, not. I think if if you're well, is your job tiring? Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh-huh. But you get energy from it yes, as well? absolutely. Right. So yeah. it's like where does that passion sort of fit and where do your skills and your strengths align and then what makes you happy? I mean, that's the se- probably the secret to life, but um, it is it is hard work. I agree with you. <laughs> but um, but I'm enjoying every minute of it. It's almost like this, this role that I'm in now brings together all of my corporate experience, educational right. pieces, yeah. right? The nonprofit, the fundraising. I feel like I'm in a great place to sort of close out the the professional Rounded life of Renee yeah. Bird Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Well, all speaking that speaking of, um, what t- what advice would you give any of our listeners that might be, um, you know, they might be floundering. They don't really know what direction to head. You know, you mentioned that the psychology and sociology just so happen to fit into Mm -hmm. what you're doing so well. Kind of give our listeners um, some advice on how to advance and move forward within their careers if they're kind of in an ambiguous place. 
I think you could explore um, new opportunities with people that you see um, that interest you, right? I mean, um, I, I did not, like when I think about going from from planning and zoning, just community work kind of for my own benefit, right, to Scientific Atlanta and Cisco and corporate social responsibility, and then to the college, marketing, communications, fundraising, then to consulting, now to the, co- I mean, none of that makes sense, but it was, they were opportunities that presented themselves by virtue of people that I knew or were running circles with around similar sorts of interests and activities. So have those conversations with folks if you're interested in, in maybe changing careers. A lot of that is going on now too, by the way, after the pandemic, people are like all of a sudden going, I didn't really like my life before, right? And when you have a break, a chance to step back from that and think about your strengths and where you are in your life and where you want to end up in whatever years that is, it's a great time to kind of reset and mm-hmm. talking to people and um, asking the questions about how they got to where they are and what advice might they have or connections could they make for you. Ask. People are really happy to help. And especially if you're someone who has a commitment, right, and you work hard and you have a good personal brand, um, you know, folks want to help you. Absolutely. Folks want to help you. So just ask. Just ask. Just ask and become involved. That's right. Uh, relationships never underestimate. Um, do not do not burn a bridge. You just don't know when things are going to circle back and when, how you may have an opportunity to work with that person again. So Absolutely. Yeah, it is a very small world. Take the high road mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. I will say, I, I told you I moved from Peachtree City to Gwinnett, and I have run into um, connections from my previous marketplace, and that's 80 miles south of here. So like you're saying, don't ever burn your bridges because it is a small world. You will find those people again, mm-hmm. and you always want it to be on a good note sure, rather than a negative note. Yeah, Renee, I have enjoyed our time so much together today. Is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with before we end the show? I just want to say thanks to Ter- Terry and Tammy for putting this podcast together mm-hmm. and um, this is a great way for folks to learn about others that they may think they know about but maybe don't know all of like just right. the little cool things in their background so I've in preparation for today I did listen to a number of um, other speakers and that was really great to kind of learn the ins and outs and unusual things that you don't know about folks so yes well thank you way. for listening yeah and subscribe if yes. you have not. And to our listeners out there, if you find value in this series, please do hit the subscribe button, rate it, and review it. Um, I will take the reviews uh, with a an earnest um, eye and ear because we're we're learners, lifelong learners, yeah, right? Yes. And um, yes, again, where do you listen to your podcasts? On iTunes, like or Spotify, or what? Um, I don't know. It's the link that you sent me, so I keep going back to oh, that. Well, fantastic. So, That's our website. Yeah, you can okay. find all of our archived yeah. episodes 24-7 on businessradiox.com by selecting the Gwinnett Studio and then celebrating Powerhouse Women. That's it. Yeah. Renee, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you um, or, or participate in your world in some way, would you suggest visiting the organization's website? Yes, and okay. my email's on there, my phone number, and... Happy to 770-331-6776. Give me a call. She did it. She I did it. Number. Love to have folks involved. We, that's, that's the only way we're going to be able to solve some of these issues is getting the right people at the table. Rally together. Yep. Well, I know I'll be seeing you soon in the marketplace, and you can often find Renee and I at um, chamber events, yep. civic events, so on and so forth. Uh, remember, you can listen to our live broadcast here um, at 1130 on Fridays on businessradiox.com. And please follow us on social media at Gwinnett Radio X. And until next time, I am your host, Amanda Pierch, and this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Gwinnett Business Radio X. <laughs>